0: we're going to spend pretty much the entire winter looking at pitching options for the twins as they replace Sonny gray kent maeda and whoever else is leaving via free agency now they may look to free agency to make some of those moves but i also think they're going to be active 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 on the trade market so we're going to have a lot of these episodes like today where it's three more pitchers i would like to see the twins for so sit back buckle up and get excited because locked on twins starts now you are locked on twins your daily minnesota twins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello again, and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, as we always say, feel free to be active in the comments. We like to build a community here and talk ball with you. And if you have any questions you want answered on the show, feel free to reach out either in the comments on YouTube at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins on Twitter. DMs are open on both ends. Uh, today's show brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So about 10 days ago, We had an episode where I talked about three pitchers I wanted to see the Twins trade for Mitch Keller, Yusei Kikuchi, and Eric Lauer. Since then, Eric Lauer has actually been outrighted off the Milwaukee 40 man roster. So going and getting him would be much easier than trading for him. Now, with that said, I, I continue to kind of break down pitchers, how they fared. In 2022 2023, excuse me. Um, and then now that we have arbitration expected figures on MLB trade rumors, uh, thanks to Matt Swartz, we can kind of get a feel for what teams are or aren't gonna tender certain guys, or maybe have more of an intention to move guys because they're starting to get paid. So while I still believe in the idea that the twins could trade for Mitch Keller. Yusei Kikuchi, I can sign Eric Lauer. I just, I kind of want to keep diving into different pitchers for different reasons, because if we know one thing about this front office, it's that we know nothing about how they're going to approach pitching. Which means if we cast a wide net, how could we possibly be wrong? Believe me, we'll be wrong. So my methodology this time around was really just kind of going through, well, my, my initial intention was I had one name, I wanted to hone in on. And if you listen to the RM Layton episode to the end, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I talked about acquiring this guy at the end of the episode. That'll be my guy when we come down the seventh inning stretch in today's final segment. But I ended up cruising that MLB Trade Rumors arbitration estimation page. Uh, It's easy to find. Just search MLB arbitration 2024. and It'll be the first one that comes up. But if you scroll down, you see guys' service time, you see what they're projected to make, and you can kind of get a feel for maybe if, you know, if a guy's starting to get up there where he's going to get more than maybe that team's going to view him as worth. You bake in the idea too that I, I think we've gotten to a point where we can kind of feel like the Twins develop pitching okay enough. I mean, after all, they just had this tremendous starting pitching season. And the only real homegrown pitcher that made a lot of starts was Bailey Ober. So there's something to be said for how they develop pitchers in the big leagues after the fact, etc. So with acquiring any of these guys, it would be with the idea that they could get better. Pablo Lopez got better. So the hope would be that when I tell you these names, you're not thinking, Oh, this guy had this era or this guy will never, ever be good i'm I'm kind of operating from the view of the twins always kind of thinking they can fix somebody or they can be opportunistic budget wise, or some combination of the two. And I also think too, if the twins spend money in free agency, they're going to want to save money on the pitching side, which is why a trade for someone who is still uh, in their years of club control would make a lot of sense. Now, that doesn't mean that all of these guys are going to be similar they're different they're in different spots in arbitration they're different types of pitchers i just found things about each of them that i found intriguing enough to explore with that said i think we just we really got to get into it because i don't i don't know if there's any more methodology to even explain quite frankly the first guy is brady singer right-handed pitcher from the royals um actually been around quite a while still looks uh, about like he's 12 years old I think if you pull up a picture of him you'll agree between him and Louis Varland and Reese Olson of the Tigers they're like the three youngest looking pitchers in the major leagues Singer is 27 but he just turned 27 in August so basically we'll play next year in his age 27 season and he's coming off a pretty tough year. 552 five, ERA, 493 X ERA, but a 429 FIP and a 428 X FIP. Now, when I look at those last two, it kind of entices me to think, okay, maybe there's something else here. So you kind of go backward from there. Oh, 7.5 strikeouts per nine. Okay, that's a little low. 2.76 walks per nine. Like that a lot. 1.13 homers per nine. I can live with that. And 49.5% ground ball rate. I love that. So we have some kind of iffy home run luck. Uh, 13.5% of fly balls have left the yard for him over his career. It's a bit above average. And so what am I banking on here? I'm banking on a few things. Uh, Again, I think the strikeouts can spike. Because he struck out as many as 9.19 batters per nine in 2021. Followed up with 8.8, basically cut his walk rate in half in 2022. He's been a ground ball, ground ball guy to this point of his career, um, and and done well with that. And really, the big spikes this year that would concern you is his strand rate of 64.9% is below average, and his BABIP of 329. It's above average, above his career mark of 318. I just think there's a couple small things in there that shouldn't be hard to clean up the stuff. He's, he's obviously thrown harder in the past, 93, 94. He's sitting more 92. Now you would hope the twins again with their ability to extract more velocity, the guys could maybe do something there. Lots of sliders, 40% sliders in his career. And he even bumped that up a little bit this season. So to me, that screams twins screams twins and when you look at his numbers under the hood the sliders a 17.5 percent swinging strike pitch so comfortably above average 10 12 13 for breaking balls uh I think eight nine percent for fastballs is is pretty high the issue is his sinker is 3.8 percent Uh, that induces grounders at only a 48.8% rate. So if his sinker's not inducing grounders and not getting swings and misses, part of me would wonder how much they would tinker with that, maybe go with a four-seam approach. Uh, But I think there's something to work with here. And I think the Twins would be really well-equipped to get that out of him. Now, why would the Royals trade him? And I think it's they're not close. He's going to be arbitration this year. He's going to have two more years of arbitration. So he'll probably cost a fair amount. However, he was a super two, so he's already getting paid maybe a little ahead of what a team like the Royals would like. So if you can swoop in there with, I don't know, maybe a couple of interesting pitching prospects or an interesting pitching prospect and maybe a middle infielder you're not too attached to, I think, you know, I mean in terms of like you and your Severino and guys down the minors. I think you could get something done here. I believe in the talent. He's going to get expensive. He's, I mean, $5.1 million for a pitcher of his caliber is no big deal. But again, he's going to keep going up even if he doesn't pitch that much better. And it's better to get out of a guy a year too early than a year too late. There's not a ton of evidence if you're the Royals, hey, we can make him better based on the fact that he's actually regressed with them, velocity, stuff, strikeouts, et cetera. So maybe a clean break is best for both if you can get enough back in a trade. And it's not uncommon. I mean the Twins did the Michael A Taylor trade with the Royals. So it's not as though they're not willing to talk because they're divisional mates or anything like that. So I'm just saying, make the call. Uh Brady Singer to me could be a big-time uh spike candidate. Slider allowed a 2.38 average last year. I mean, he um and a 286 on base 393 slug. So you'd like to bring the slug down, but sub 700 OPS on everything other than his sinker, sinker 958. I think you can work with that. I really do. Let's take a quick second to talk to you about FanDuel. When we come back, we will hit up an AL West righty. I don't think you're going to know who it is either. We'll be right back. All right, from our friends over at FanDuel, October baseball is back. October baseball is almost gone. You can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just ju- just visit, I almost said just join, either way it works, FanDuel.com slash locked on and create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out, betting on everything from strikeouts to home runs, to who's going to win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get that W, you can predict what will happen in the next bat with quick bets. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 and bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, thanks for hanging out with Brandon here on Locked On Twins. It's a bonus episode. We missed one on Tuesday last week, so I want to make sure we get our uh, just due out to the fans. Again, though, thank you for hanging out with us. I talked to Aram Layton last week, so if you have not listened to or watched that episode, highly recommended. Um, Brilliant prospect guy. You can really tell he's got a passion for the game, and I thought he was tremendous. Uh, Ran a little on the long side, but I, I think it's worth it. Um, but I have a couple of player things I'm working on, uh, get Aram back on. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen soon because he was, again, like I said, phenomenal, but again, thank you for making us your first listen every day. And thank you for being an everydayer. I'm working on a campaign where you can get even more access to the show called subtext. more on that next week as I get everything kind of set up, but stay tuned. Okay. Now our second pitcher. Was an All Star in 2022 out of the AL West, righty? Estimated for 3.2 million salary next year. That his team, I can pretty much assure you, will have no interest in paying. I know what you're thinking, if he was an All Star, why wouldn't they pay him that? Well, it's because they're the Oakland A's. That's why. We heard from Trevor May, a retiring Trevor May, telling the, the owner, uh, Mr. Fisher, to just sell the team, bro. And that's a pretty amazing statement. Really ballsy. I appreciated Trevor for doing that. But with that said, where this comes into play is that Paul Blackburn is a, a, expected to bring in $3.2 million via the arbitration process. I do not think that the A's had any interest in paying Blackburn that. I don't care that he was an all-star a year ago. And I know all-stars aren't, you know, the, the bids aren't all they're cracked up to be. In fact, he had 0.8 fan war for the entire season in 2022. 1.5 for the entire season in 2023. And so between those two seasons, he pitched 215 innings for 2.3 war. So not exactly a guy they're going to burn down the building for to keep in. Although burning down the stadium in Oakland is not uh, not off the table. We do not contain or con- condone arson here. don't want to say that. But this is not the kind of guy that fans are going to get super upset about leaving. But at the same time, all-star representative. And there's some things in the profile that I think I like. This last year, Blackburn struck out a batter per inning, and 103 and two-thirds innings. So you'd like more innings than that. There's no doubt about that. And his career high is 111.1, which was in 2022. Strikeouts have never been close to this. But, you know, spikes aren't unsustainable if they're backed by underlying data. He's been a big ground ball guy in the past. Not so much this year, but every other year of his career has been at least 47% or higher. This year was 41.3. 45 is about average. He's been up in the fifties, but not in insanely big sample sizes. I think we can pretty safely say he's about 47, 48% ground ball guy. So uh, above average, but the, the dissonance here is the nine Oh three strikeouts per nine last year, but a six, eight, eight for his career. I believe that he can probably sustain better than six, eight, eight, but I don't know how close he can get to a strikeout per inning. Not a big velo guy. Um, 10.1 swinging strike rate, so good, pretty solid. 9.6 the year before, you know, not anybody who's going to blow you away, you know, it's not Joanne Duran or anything. Um, but there's definitely potential here. Uh, average fastball, I had it pulled up here, I thought it was like 92. Um, 91.9 on the four seam, 92. Uh, a lot of cutters at about 89. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the cutter. Yeah. So this last year, Blackburn's cutter was the pitch he threw the second most, and it gave up a batting average of 435. Let me say that again. He threw it 383 times, second most behind a sinker, and opponents hit 435 against him. They had an OPS of 1,091. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not always a fan of saying you can just subtract a pitch and make a guy someone else. The the issue with our analysis when we look at splits like this is sometimes you can get carried away and want to make the cake entirely out of frosting. If you look at numbers that, say, Joe Ryan slider has a crazy swinging strike rate, but if he starts throwing it more and then it gets exposed and that number goes down, you have to find that balance if, if that makes sense. It won't remain a swing and miss pitch forever if you give people enough data, enough opportunities to see it. So you do have to be careful with saying, I just quit throwing the cutter. I mean, he threw almost 400 times last year and only threw 457 sinkers. I mean, it was a huge, huge pitch in his repertoire. So you can't just subtract it. But again, Blackburn. Arbitration eligible for, for next year and then the year after. Um, as far as age, he is about to turn 30 uh, December 4th, 93. So age 30 season and age 31 season are the two seasons you'd have for sure. Uh, depending on the return, probably not that hard to stomach any of that information. And keep in mind, too, this is not like Blackburn is coming off a great year. The numbers are there where you're like, you can kind of squint and say, I I, I can kind of see it with this guy. But like the 396 FIP is caught in the woods with a 443 RA, 445 X ERA, 433 X FIP. There's not a lot of secondary numbers that are going to say, run out and get this guy and make him your number one starter. In turn, the A's aren't going to be able to ask for that much either. And again, The worst kept secret is going to be that the A's have no interest in paying him $3.2 million. Unless they're going to for the express intent of trading him sometime in the next seven, eight months. I mean, maybe they take it to the deadline or whatever. But it's not a guy that they're building around. It's a guy you could very reasonably go and get if you could find common ground on a trade. I know Paul Blackburn isn't that sexy of a name. Honestly, Brady Singer isn't that sexy of a name. Our third guy is a pretty sexy name, but Sonny Gray wasn't always that sexy of a name too. I mean, he got smoked in New York and, uh, you know, I don't, he wasn't a household name by any means. Uh, You know, I knew him back to the Vandy days, but that was kind of when I started getting into more of the uh, minor league side and the amateur side and stuff. But Sonny Gray put up two very nice seasons and now Twins fans know who he is. Could Paul Blackburn be that kind of guy? I don't know. I'd be willing to find out, especially if it costs you, I don't know, one of your, like, number 15, 16 prospects. They just need help. They don't want to pay this guy. This is where you slide in and just say, hey, what you need? Get it done. So Brady Singer is the first one, and Paul Blackburn is the second one. We'll come back with a third one. So Lefty from the NL East, and it's from a very curious trade partner. We'll just say that. Let's take a second and talk about our friends at Game Time, though. We'll be right back. So our friends at GameTime are wanting you to download the app or go to GameTime.co, and uh make sure co.co. Uh, If you're ever looking for sports tickets, comedy tickets, uh, anytime you want to go downtown and get into a show, this is your place. If you're frustrated looking for tickets, perfect for the last minute. Or if you're just looking for the best deal. Maybe you're looking a little ahead of time and you just want to kind of cruise and see what's out there. Maybe you don't have plans and you're just going to go with the flow. Uh, Boy, I wish I could do that, but that just doesn't work for me. Um, This is the place to go. You don't have to worry when you're buying tickets here. Uh, It's fast, easy. You can get it to... Again, sports, music, comedy, theater events, you name it. You bring up Minneapolis, St. Paul, and you can look at all the events on there. Last-minute deals, all-in prices. You never have any fees where you have to worry that you're going to be charged way more later and figure that into your calculus. You see it all up front. And then there's the best price guarantee, which we'll talk about in just a second. But you look, again, through the app, see where you're at in terms of your metro area or your local area, and there's all kinds of different things that you can um, choose from. It's, it's incredible. I cannot emphasize that enough. You also can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly where you're going to be sitting, uh, whether you are in the nosebleeds or if you're sitting in the catcher's back pocket, at target field. You're going to see it beforehand. You know, you're going to know exactly what it's going to be like ahead of time. All-in prices, again, show you your total upfront. You know you're getting a great deal, no hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Now, the Game Time Guarantee, which is what I'm really excited about, means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. I can't even believe that's true. 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N M L B. For 20 bucks off, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're coming down the home stretch here. It is the seventh inning stretch. It is the pitcher that I am the most excited about. We'll backtrack just briefly here. Brady Singer in our first segment, the right-handed baby-faced assassin from the Royals. The Royals are not good. Singer has... Uh, arb costs jump in pretty quickly. You probably still have to trade a fair amount, but I would be very excited about what he's capable of with Pete Mackey. Second, we had Paul Blackburn, a pitcher from the A's, a righty, uh, turns 30 in a little over a month. Ground ball guy has had some strikeouts and has uh, a salary coming up that the A's don't want to pay, especially uh, ERA was a little high, but I think there's some secondary stuff that could make him interesting. But now, the main event. I know Kim Eng isn't a uh, GM of the Marlins anymore. So it wouldn't exactly be like um, conducting business with the same front office again due to familiarity. And I don't even know if the, the Marlins would be even looking to trade this guy. Part of this is just kind of knowing what we know about the teams and kind of trying to plug in different variables. So if Peter Pratt's got some locked-on Marlins fans who get ticked off at me, I apologize. I'm just trying to read the room. I may not be good at it, but I'm trying. I want Jesus Lizardo, guys. 5.9 million estimated in arbitration, which is not that much. But you've got this year and two more years of control. Super two. But the costs are escalating quickly. guy like that goes from 5.9 to 9 to 13 to 18. Boom, boom, boom. If you're the Marlins, do you want to get out in front of that? Maybe not. Maybe not. It's very possible not. But as I said with Aram, this is the kind of trade I would trade like Emmanuel Rodriguez in. Twins have to add Rodriguez to the 40. We discussed that late last week. I'm all in on Rodriguez, but they got some innings to fill too. And I'm not sure, I, I don't know if uh twins fans know quite how good Luzardo was last year. I got a lot, actually, I got a lot of grief on Twitter because I said if the twins are going to trade for a starter, assuming at the time that Sandy Alcantara was not available and neither here nor there, he wasn't available and now he's hurt. If I'm not mistaken, I said Pablo Lopez first because I, I've liked Pablo for a long time. But going into last season, Lizardo had been a 2.2 win pitcher in 103rd innings, a uh, fan graph swore, by the way. And 10.76 strikeouts per nine, 3.14 walks, 40% ground ball rate. All numbers you would generally find agreeable or, or better than. Um, and then this year, almost uh, one out shy, or two uh, four outs shy of 180 innings, so 178.2. Strikeout rate, basically, basically static. Uh, Walk rate drops a little, home run rate bumps a little, BABIP normalizes and doesn't hurt him too bad, which is a good sign. Velocity stays about the same. 3.58 ERA for Lazardo. 10.5 strikeouts per nine, 2.8 walks per nine, 96.8 mile per hour average fastball from the left side. Next year's is his age 26 season. He turned 26 almost exactly a month ago. So he's young. He's got that again, that, that he's going to get expensive because of how arbitration has been. um, You know, how his career has progressed due to like salary uh, or service time days and that sort of thing. Um, splitting time with Oakland and Miami, 95 out of 30 innings in 2021. Probably rushed that process a little bit. But he went through some growing pains, uh, gave up some homers, and then has been dynamite since. It might be ridiculous to even suggest them trading him, but I absolutely love the skill set. I absolutely love the idea of adding a power lefty to what the twins have right now. And again, I'm not certain how much it matters that you have a lefty. I said the same thing with Kikuchi. Maybe you don't need a lefty for any meaningful reason. but. If they have Pablo, a right handed, I mean, you could call him a flamethrower. He, he throws gas. Ryan is a fastball up guy, but he's going to be 92, 93 on a really good day. Oh, we're basically the same, but 90, 91, 92. And then Paddock, I don't know what his stuff's going to look like like uh, in the rotation. The bullpen, it popped. It was huge. But I don't know if it's going to do that again as a starter. Lazardo brings something so different to the table that I can't help but think. By itself, it's going to be an incredible thing to have a guy like that. But then I think the different look could have, you know, effect on games that he doesn't pitch. You know, going from Lizardo, ninety-seven from the left side, to Ober, ninety-one from the right side. To me, that's to me that seems like it would be daunting, downright impossible. Now, with that said, I, I can't say that that's one hundred percent a huge factor but two more years of control after 2024. So you'd have three years of the guy. He's going to get paid. But if he's as good as he was, you don't care. I'm pushing the chips in on this guy, guys. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez, I I don't want to trade him. But I also don't want to trade Brooks Lee. I don't want to trade Royce Lewis. I don't want to trade Walker Jenkins. But you're going to have to trade somebody Not just good, really, really freaking good. And honestly, you might have to trade some some prospect that's really good and then like Jorge Polanco. And they'll have Arise play first, Polanco play second, trade a really good prospect. It would not be painless, nor should it be, but it would be tough. But Jesus Lazardo is my number one pitching target this offseason. We'll talk more about trades, free agents. You got a couple guys that I'm breaking down who I really really like. Um but for now, if I had a power ranking, Jesus lizardo would be the number 1 pitcher I would target if I was the Twins. Well, hey guys, this has been a blast of a bonus episode. We'll be back tomorrow, Monday, uh Monday to uh, you know probably have some uh some kind of list of uh you know, I might be looking at more like uh, surprising free agent targets, surprising trade targets, because I still think center field is going to be tricky. You really, you really can't count on Buxton for anything. You want to have a good backup, but you don't want it to be... Um, I don't think you can rely on a rookie to do it. I think it's probably the best way to put it. So we'll have some kind of deal Monday or... Maybe one of our guests will jump in to the queue a little bit sooner. That'd be nice, too. But again, thank you so much for hanging out with me on a what feels like late Sunday night because it's winter and it's dark at like 3.30 here. But that's it. That's, that's a wrap for this episode. We'll be back on Monday. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. This has been Locked on Twins, and we'll see you real soon.